Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Um, yes, my trip here to Edinburgh was 14 hours, so it's for me it's on the opposite side of the world, um, and I hope that uh, my trip back is uh, somewhat easier. <clears throat> okay, um, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk in this audience on uh, the work we do in Hanover. Um, uh, of course, if you do a work like this, you are not alone, so I'm presenting the results and preliminary results of our topic, but of course there's a lot of people uh, joining this exercise and here are some names. Uh, second is to say that this study is done in close collaboration with the Federal Office of Risk Assessment in Germany who tries to use this data, so the consumption data and all data which is related to resistance uh, to uh, deal risk uh, assessment for the population in Germany on a population level. Okay, so um, this is a conference on evidence-based medicine, so talking about antibiotics and antibiotic resistance of course is not the usual case, although it is uh, one of the most important treatment options, but I have to give some background information first. Um, of course, for me, and I guess it's for you the same, there is no doubt about it, that uh, it's necessary to have antibiotics, uh, that we use this and that we uh, try to preserve um, uh, it for, for the use for health and animal welfare. On the other hand, uh, even if all antibiotics uh, use is on an ordinary level, of course there is resistance selection and therefore with each uh, antibiotics use we have the chance of uh, resistance development and from that point of view that is important uh, to have a good antibiotic stewardship on this uh, topic. Okay, so there are a lot of um, uh, tables and a lot of graphics available. This is taken from the Federal Office of Risk Assessment in Germany where we have this relationship between the antibiotics use, which is on the left-hand side. We call this a, a therapy uh, frequency, therapy frequency, so that is the number of days and the number of animals which is treated in livestock. And on the other hand, you see results from uh, resistance improvement in, um, in uh, the animals uh, or in, in food. Uh, this is, let us say, some evidence on a population level, but of course it is not really evidence. And uh, to break this presentation, I have to show you a, a, a slide which is from uh, colleagues from the Charité hospitals in Berlin. This is human data. Uh, on the axis you see MRSA resistance rates in the population, in different populations in uh, Europe. And on the left-hand side, on the uh, y-axis, you see uh, data from the European Championship in football in 2008. So it's a number of red and yellow cards. And there's a strong correlation, uh, which is 0.6 somewhat, and it's, of course, it's significant. So please be careful with evidence. I guess in this audience I have not to say it, but I guess it fits perfectly in our our topic. Okay, so if we deal with, with antibiotic resistance and antibiotic uh, consumption, of course this is part of the veterinary public health or the One Health approach which try to summarize humans, animals and the environment. And uh, for me, originally a statistician, one important part of course is the middle of this triangle that is data. Data which we have 
of individuals or we have data uh, of which is aggregated in some sense and of course we try to um, yeah, summarize and to integrate the data in a way that we are possible to extend the evidence in this in this area and uh, the WHO in close collaboration with uh, FIO and OIE tries to set up integrated surveillance on this topic which is this pyramid or this cascade of different areas so it starts of course with antibiotics use and resistance um, then it has to take uh, humans, animals and the environment into account. Um, it should be data which is more or less uh, selected uh, simultaneously. We try to combine uh, an epidemiological and a microbiological view and we should of course do this in different regions because if we talk about let us say resistance in Scandinavia or resistance in Bangladesh we are, we are really in two different worlds and of course we have to take this into account. So this talk today uh, is on a conference on evidence-based medicine and uh, therefore I have to ask uh, how is this problem related to evidence-based medicine. So uh, to have a starting point last week in preparing this uh, presentation I switched to the um, uh, to the RCVS uh, homepage and on the first page we see simply uh, put evidence-based is on decisions and I guess uh, uh, Raquel Dean says it uh, this morning again, so we, we have decisions, we have clinical treatment decisions in some sense and of course antibiotic treatment is the basic clinical decision in infectious diseases and it's related of course to the indication and uh, it's related of course to resistance, say to clinical breakpoints uh, and to what is called the epidemiological situation in livestock, in an area or whatever. And uh, today I want to stress especially this combination that we have to say, okay, this is a clinical decision, so the veterinarian has to say, I choose this or that uh, antibiotic drug um, uh, for this uh, diseased livestock. And of course we have to combine this with the epidemiological situation to have really good evidence on this decision. And so that is the basis of this talk uh, that we try to combine uh, data on consumption and of veterinary use in the way that we have a better idea what's really ongoing in the field. So before I go into data and into results of our study, I want to give uh, at the beginning some basic measures because I do not know if you are so familiar with uh, all this SWAC stuff and all these uh, doses and dosage uh, uh, regulations. So starting with a very, very easy way, everybody knows this here in this audience, okay, if we talk about dose, uh, there is an amount of a drug or amount of a substance per day and there are a number of animals and of course uh, the amount per day over the number of animals is called the dose which is given in milligram uh, per animal. If we want to talk about dosage then of course we have to take into account the body weight of this animal and uh, so we have uh, to calculate dose over the body weight. Uh, this seems to be easy, but we will see that this is really a complicated uh, issue and that it's really a challenge to deal with this. Okay, and uh, if we are looking on different reporting systems, we often are uh, contrasted with the problem that sometimes the number of animals which were treated are not known. 
If this is the case, it's not possible to calculate the dose, so it's only an estimator. Um, the same is that sometimes the body weight is not known, and this will be very, very important for dosage uh, calculations. And then, usually, we are talking on a standard weight of some pigs, some weaners, some piglets, or whatever, and there are very, very different views on the topic. And to show you some examples on this, here is some data. Um, on the right-hand side, we have data from a publication from Jensen, which is roughly 10 years old. Uh, with average uh, standard body weights for uh, pig production for sows, piglets, weaners, and fattening pigs. Uh, then we have the SFAC numbers, which are used in the SFAC project from the EMA. Uh, KTBL is a German society or so, a German organization which tries to report uh, statistical figures for the German agricultural services and you may notice that there are very, very huge differences between the different topics. So for instance, um, Jensen et al. told that usual piglets are 12.5, sorry for this, it's 12.5 kilograms. Uh, in contrast, SWAC tells about two. There's a factor of six in between, and calculating dosages, of course, will fail. For our project, which is called the VETCAP project, which is for veterinary consumptions of antibiotics, uh, we uh, use the figures, which is more or less the midpoints of the KTBL uh, um, numbers. And of course, if you want to contrast our results, for instance, with SWAC results, and we are looking on piglets, there is a factor of two. And this, of course, is important to notice. Okay, so th that is only one example or one problem which we have to take into account if we want to uh, grab solutions from this uh, uh, surveillance data. Okay, if we are talking about dose or talking about dosage, then of course three different versions are available. So we are talking about the used daily dose, which is the application, which is directly done in livestock. The prescribed daily dose, which is of course prescription. And the defined daily dose. And defined daily dose, I have to say this, it's purely theory. It's only a suggestion, it's an artificial number. And this artificial numbers, of course, is part of a very, very controversial debate. Um, we go into details of these uh, three aspects in some minutes, but uh, before we start, I have at, at the end to say, uh, if we calculate these doses, of course, there is a number of applica applications is important. And the number of applications is if we uh, treat one animal for one day with one drug or with one um, uh, uh, component, then we call this one application. And if we summarize all applications, which is the number of treated animals times the number of days treated times the number of active substances, then we get the number of used daily doses in a farm. Uh, and uh, this is the basic of all this calculation and all, all these figures. Okay, so if we now want to describe defined daily doses, then this is in an ASVAC paper, it's shown as a recommended daily maintenance dose, whatever it is, but it is defined for every target animal species, it's defined for every age group, so there are different doses for piglets and for fattening pigs, for instance, and of course, it's defined for productive livestock group. Okay, 
Mm. For humans, these DDDs were existing since many years and WHO is publishing once a year a list of DDDs. Um, in the WHO member states, this uh, type of DDDs sometimes were modified. So in Germany, um, each 1st of November, so Tuesday this week, uh, they, we get a recent list and this list is related to the most appropriate indication of a drug. So if we, in, for instance, use uh, aspirin, which is of course for headache as well as for uh, having uh, um, um, uh, blood, um, 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 what is it called? So for, 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 for let us say for, for heart failures and so on, then of course we have different uh, doses which have, are useful and of course this which is used most is used for this WHO DDD list, which is of course a problem. Um, for animals, I have to say a list was not existing. Uh, first used uh, was were DDDs uh, in different monitoring systems starting in Denmark, in Sweden, in the Netherlands and in other countries as well as in recent scientific publications. So each author uses own DDDs and uh, there was no general standard existing. This was true until spring this year. Uh, so this last thing has to be um, deleted now and uh, on the 28th of April ESVAC um, published a document where uh, they published a general proposal for DDDs. Um, this were more or less documented in two EMA documents. Uh, the document from the 28th of April uh, says that this is only technical units um, they should not be assumed to reflect the daily and uh, cost doses recommended or prescribed. It's only uh, applicable or it's not complicable for com uh, commercial use and it's only um, used so for, for technical calculations. And the way ESVAC uh, was calculating this DDD, so it was really a calculation, it's an average. So they use all licensed drugs in Europe which were related to a special component and a special application form and only make an average on this topic and uh, so that is really a calculation form. From that point of view this is far away from daily evidence or from the daily um, prescription in, in the field and therefore this type of DDDs are different to the type of DDDs maybe are useful for uh, daily practice. So uh, again this is useful for distributions only. It is available for the scientific use and there is really no evidence base. They take, own, they take the, the um, calculations by the pharmaceutical companies and calculate an average, which is of course a technique, but there is no evidence behind. So again, the sentence, they should not be assumed to reflect the daily cost doses recommended or prescribed. So that's the, uh, the, the new situation. Uh, I guess we proposed this abstract at the beginning of this year and uh, then unfortunately on the 28th of April we get this publication and we have to take this into account in our studies. Okay, so 
from our perspective, if we want to talk about evidence-based DDDs, we need some general data from the drug licensing process. Uh, we need epidemiological data from daily veterinarian use and treatment behavior, which is uh, one part of the monitoring projects. We need some evaluation of the resistance situation in the population. Maybe there is a shift of uh, resistance and therefore the veterinarians in the field change their behavior. And at the end, of course, we need this practitioner's evaluation. Without this, this does not work. Okay, today I want to focus on this epidemiological data and maybe have some examples where we maybe fit that this could be a good DDD for practical use. Okay, before I start to give these numbers, I want to give you a very, very short and brief overview on the different monitoring and surveillance systems of antibiotic consumptions in Germany, which is more or less fourfold. There are some systems which are really basic legal acts. Uh, there are two. The one is, the first is called DIMNI, that is a German, D for the Germany, Deutschland, uh, the German documentation system for medical data, and they report sales data once a year. So usually this is published in August or September, so we have recent data from 2015 nowadays. Then we have the 16th amendment of the German drug law. Um, this enforces farmers to give their data twice a year. So they have to go all their prescription uh, records uh, to a central database. Uh, this is use data. That's really use data. Uh, then there is a huge system of the agricultural um, um, industry, uh, which is quality uh, measurement. This is, in some sense, it's only members of the of uh, this system, but on the other hand, it's a complete food chain. For instance, in pork production, um, the amendment of the uh, German drug law uh, gives uh, a mandatory uh, documentation for pigs only for weaners and fattening pigs piglets are out of the system, in QS they are included. Then we have scientific studies like our project and of course there are specialized investigations in some um, farming systems uh, which are documented in regular scientific publications as well. So there's really an enormous variety of different systems in Germany and sometimes it's very, very complicated um, to find the correct data. If we we're uh, documenting antibiotic use. Let us say roughly three different measured values are reported. At first, of course, it is reported is an antibiotic drug used on a farm at all. So we may calculate the prevalences of farms which uses drugs or not. Uh, don't uh, take into account if there are only one pig is treated or hundreds of pigs were treated. Then we have uh, measures like the treatment frequency, the treatment incidence, or other indexes of antibiotics use, which try to take into account the days treated, the numbers of animals treated, and the number of active substances applied. And, of course, if we want to go into details of dose and dosages, the amounts have to be documented. So from that point of view, there's a threefold uh, uh, documentation. Um, this slide gives you an overview on this, uh, say, roughly three 
uh, groups, um, pharmaceutical industry, uh, sold data, uh, farmers give uh, into the central database uh, treatment frequencies and uh, farmers and veterinarians are related to um, um, scientific studies like our VETCAP projects and I give you only a short idea what happens in the last five years in Germany because this is important to take better into account what is the evidence of those and dosages in Germany. Let us start with the sales data, only one slide. This is a development in the last five years of the sales um, 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 active substances in Germany. So we started, the first documentation was for 2011 with more than 1,700 tons of active substances. In 2015 we end up with less than 50 percent. So there, there is something, there is a development, there's a really strong development. Um, 2011 was the first year of reporting. Uh, in the uh, amendment of the drug law, this started, or the, the regulation was set up in 2013, and the first documentation was in 2014, so it now lasts since two years. And I here give you some, some basic figures of, uh, of this. Um, uh, development. Here we see the median and the 75% percentile, sorry for quantile, that's the German wording, um, of the distribution of the therapy frequency. And uh, today I want to talk about pigs, so therefore we look on pigs only. As mentioned in before, uh, the farmers have to give data for weaners and for uh, fattening pigs. They are not uh, have not to give uh, data for piglets. And here you see the uh, development of the median value. So we started with 4.7 days. So each animal of the flock uh, over the fattening period has 4.7 uh, um, um, uh, days treated. And in 2016 it's 3.3. So again there is a decrease, there is a decline in the uh, use of antibiotics. So all this data of course is very very special and it um, uh, goes no, not into detail and to go into detail we set up this VETCAP projects and this is a data I want to now present in much more detail. VETCAP um, is for veterinary consumption in uh, livestock in, uh, food producing animals and this is a sentinel study so again and again we go into the same farms and try to document uh, the development in these farms. Um, this is a study which is done entirely in Germany. We separated in four regions of agricultural production. So in the northwest part there's a, a huge density of livestock. In the eastern part we have these old-fashioned structures of the former GDR with very, very huge farms, 20,000, 30,000 fattening pigs in one farm, but only some farms. In contrast, in Bavaria we have a lot of very, very small farms and therefore the structures are different. Um, uh, the dark shaded area in the mid is something yeah, in the middle and this light shaded area here that is wine yards only so 
no animals, no livestock. So from that point of view, in the uh, presentation, we have only four regions to take into account. Uh, so we look for different animal species. We are looking for different uh, age groups. And uh, so there is longitudinal analysis possible. Um, in general, per active component, uh, we try to make multivariable analysis, so take into account different aspects uh, uh, like the region, uh, the size of the farms and other things, uh, as well as uh, the influence of the veterinarian. Um, we look for dosage developments and we try to, to use this uh, study in uh, taking samples in some of the farms who have a direct connection to the resistance development. Okay, so today I want to talk about pigs only. So there are some longitudinal results on, on the development. That is the first um, measure number of farms which use antibiotics, don't matter how often. Uh, and of course you see a decline in this um, uh, in this development as well. So in the beginning, for instance, uh, the piglet blue line, uh, uh, more than 90% of all farmers use antibiotics and in 2015 only 80%. So there was a decline of roughly more than 50%. The same is for fattening pigs for Venus and for sows as well. Of course, this type is not really detailed because one application per farm is a positive signal. So we go into these treatment frequencies. Here is the development of the medians for piglets and that's the same presentation for fattening pigs. So again a decline. So that's uh, more or less the same situation like in the sales data presentation and in the um, in the um, uh, antibiotic drugs law presentation. So uh, what's interesting if we talk about dose and dosage, of course, are the components. And there are some ideas that maybe some components uh, uh, were, were have a decrease and other components maybe in contrast have an increase. That is an overall picture which is now calculated by roughly 200 farms for piglets and roughly 500 farms per uh, for the fattening farms. It's approximately because from year to year, there are some uh, changes, of course, in the numbers of participants. Uh, for piglets, we have more than 17,000 uh, records, and uh, for fattening pigs, more than 24,000 records. So from that point of view, we have the personal impression that this data is more or less stable. So that is a piglet's development for the different um, uh, for the different um, uh, antibiotic substances and uh, of course, and we will have a uh, detailed um, figure in some minutes, um, um, the overall um, decline is more or less the overall decline in penicillin. So from that point of view, uh, all these figures uh, we can observe this decrease and uh, this is more or less true for each active component. If we go into details and look the amount, which is a dark shaded blue, and the numbers of applications which are the light shaded blue uh, things, we may recognize of course that penicillin is on the top level of use uh, for piglets, uh, polypeptide in terms of use 
are on the second place and uh, T-trust decline is on the third place of use, which is more or less the same figures which we observe in uh, Denmark, in Belgium and other countries which are similar. So if you now want to look for a development, then we uh, look for the uh, number of used daily dose only. Here in part one, we have uh, the uh, antibiotic substances which uh, were uh, used often. And you see that there is a decline more or less in all substance classes over the years. If we switch to the substance classes which are used not so often, uh, Please notice I changed the scale now. Um, then again, we see that there is a decline more or less in each substance class, especially if we notice that in 2014 the drug law changes. So with the change of the drug law, there was a change. So it seems that the drug law works. And it is more or less in all substance classes as well. So there's no really switching from one substance to another, which is, of course, uh, good that veterinarians do their job and not uh, do um, uh, um, antibiotic uh, treatment by chance. Um, the same situation is more or less true for fattening pigs on a, of course, different level. Uh, Piglets, of course, are the group which are treated most in relation to uh, their lifetime. And uh, again, we see the same pictures here. Again, tetracycline and penicillin are very, very important. Uh, polypeptide is not as much as important as in piglets. And again, we have the same figures that there is a decline over the years, especially uh, uh, from 2014, where we have the change in drug law. And that, again, is true for uh, substances like chloroquinolone or uh, cephalosporines, where we have the same development. Okay, so what is the first conclusion? The first conclusion is, in Germany, there is a decline in uh, um, the antibiotics use. Uh, uh, it is, does not matter what is uh, the, the figure I try to use, uh, the number of farms, uh, the number of daily doses, used daily doses, or other, measure, other measured values, it's always the same story, there is a decline. Uh, the effect is seen even if I take into account confounding factors. I do not present these results, um, but it's the same situation. So if you take account into the veterinarian, uh, the farm size, the region, it's the same situation uh, in entire Germany. So there is a one question left. The question is, is there any effect on dosage? Maybe veterinarians change their mind. Uh, maybe they uh, change the doses. And for this, again, I want to stress our first, um, our first formula where we have calculated dose and dosage. This is theory. In practice, we have to say, what is our document? And here I show you a um, screenshot of our documentation system where the basis is the prescription and application record form which is done, uh, has to be done by the, um, by the drug law. 
and uh, there are some some technical uh, issues like uh, indicators of the farmer and the veterinarian and the record number and so on but we have the number of animals treated here the 180 in this uh, record we have an indication that is uh, lung disease we have the drug here tetracycline and we have an amount and with this amount of course dose and dosage may be calculated dose may be calculated dosage is not possible because there is an weight is missing there is no body weight so the farmer or the veterinarian is not enforced to give the body weight in this record form by law and of course this causes problems so the dose is calculated exactly so we have used daily dose but the dosage is not as uh, calculated exactly because we have to estimate the body weight maybe by um, a standard body weight and therefore dosage is an estimated so our dose is correct our dosage is an estimated so and from this point of view we run in trouble and I try to summarize this with this uh, graphical presentation let us say there is a defined daily dose which is the perfect value and let us say plus minus 25 percent is a usual range uh, where we may have a range of usual application and then we have the body weight problem. You may remember, uh, we say, for instance, for piglets, we have uh, 8 kilograms, and maybe a piglet with 2 kilograms is treated. Then there is a factor 2 in one direction, and on the opposite side in the other direction. So uh, let us say, uh, if a fattening, um, uh, if our standard body weight, for instance, for fattening pigs is 50 kilograms, and uh, the fattening or we have an application and the fattening start which is let us say 25 kilograms so there's a factor 0.5 which is wrong on the other side if at the end of the fattening period an application is done then we have a factor 2 so uh, we have a, again this both factors 2 and 0.5 in both directions to say okay the range of a usual application maybe is like that and beside this range, maybe we have an unusual low or an elevated, um, unusual elevated uh, uh, dosage, which does not mean that it's wrong. It's only saying that it's unusual. Okay, that has to be taken into account in these calculations. Um, so um, we have to take into account that the estimated dosage is prone to several uncertainties like the unknown body weight maybe some differences in the medical indications with the resistance situation and of course by the veterinarian's decision if he said i have the experience that i have i have to break through different resistance then of course maybe doubling the dose is fine for him uh, but of course this is not documented in our data so from statistical perspective this type of dosages are following a statistical um, uh, distribution and of course this could be contrasted with data from the literature which is now available so what is the data which we use for this first of course we, we use the 28th april data from ASMAC. and second uh, there was a publication from our group in 2015 in bmc veterinary research um, where we have more or less preliminary DDDs. These DDDs were published by our group in 2015, but uh, 14. But the basis of this was a guy 
called Rupert Ungemach. Maybe some of you know him. He sadly passed away nine or ten years ago. Uh, he was a brilliant pharmacologist and he was really perfect in, 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 in giving the, the correct answers uh, what is useful and therefore we named this uh, DDDs by him so uh, don't worry about the name Ungemach. Uh, what is the English word for Ungemach? Uh, yeah, it's Ungemach is if, if I have a bad feeling. <clears throat> So many many people in in uh, in Germany had problems with him. He was brilliant, and uh, so nomen est omen is not true for him. Okay, so we have two DDDs, uh, and to show that this somewhat is a problem, I have one example, which is amoxicillin oral uh, application in pigs. Um, Svax has 17 milligrams per kilogram, which of course is a very a uh, special number by uh, calculating averages. Ungemach uh, told 30, which of course is a discrepancy. And here three licensed drugs in Germany are given. And you uh, already noticed that of course the, um, uh, the producer's um, um, description how this drug has to be used is very, very different. So. Um, within uh, the SFAC number, which is an arithmetic mean, again, there is a distribution behind. So we have two distributions, the distribution of the veterinarians and the distribution of the pharmaceutical companies. Okay, so if we contrast this data, then of course we have data for each group of pig production, we have data for each active component, we have data from each application form, and we have data globally and for each indication. So if we want to talk about this story, I guess we have to met for the next two days. That's not really a problem. So I selected. I selected data from piglets and fattening pigs only. I selected one um, active component per, uh, per uh, class, penicillin, cephalosporine, fluorchinolone and polypeptide. And uh, we uh, talk only on the global concept like WHO does, so we don't go into details uh, by indication. So four examples. First example is for piglets, amoxicillin, uh, parenteral um, application. This is our distribution. And uh, you see uh, two reference lines. Uh, the blue is the Ungemach line and the black dotted line is the SFAC line. So there are two reference lines here in this distribution. Then you see in this distribution two, let us say, UDD distribution areas. Uh, the first area is more or less closely connected to our both reference lines. And the second is roughly factor two. So what is now the idea? Do, do the veterinarians double dosing or is a presentation that we have uh, extended body weights of our, um, of our uh, um, uh, animals treated. The same is for the third area, this elevated UDD area in this graphical presentation, which is maybe uh, 
that uh, are, uh, say, let us say, 12 kilogram uh, pick, uh, wiener, no, sorry, piglets, we are talking about piglets, 12 kilogram piglets, which were um, treated with a double dose, so we have a fourfold dose in contrast to the to the uh, treated, uh, to the DDDs given by the literature. So that is a very, very typical distribution we may identify, and from that point of view, it's a question, is there a change? And if there is a longitudinal development, we may contrast, for instance, the median value of this distribution um, with our both um, DDD values from the literature, and we may recognize that it's more or less stable, a double dose is given. So a double dose because uh, breakthrough of um, uh, resistance or maybe uh, the animals treated were in average had the double uh, body weight, which is the body weight in our calculation is wrong. So this is, say, a representation of the data for uh, uh, an, um, a selected uh, penicillin. Uh, now let us talk about um, uh, cephalosporin, here ceftiospor, parenteral in piglets, the same situation with uh, uh, reference line, here uh, Ungemach and Eswak say the same, so you see one line only, and here we have an interesting effect. Please remember in 2014 the new law starts, and from one half year to the another there's a decrease in the dosages, which is special. And uh, so, of course, we have to discuss what's really ongoing here. Uh, this is enrofloxacin <coughs> uh, for piglets parenteral. Again, we have this threefold distribution, one in the area of the DDD, one in an extended area, and one very evaluated. Um, and uh, again, we have this 2014 decrease. So there was a change in the, in the behavior of the veterinarians. Again, we have to identify this. And the last, the very famous uh, polymaxine. Uh, last year, during, I guess in October, we had this famous publication from China where they find MCR1, this uh, uh, cholestine gene. And uh, so from that point of view, this is one of the favorite discussions. Of course, cholestine is not really used much often, but we find a, a situation like this, that the dosage is more or less stable, but the level is roughly one half of the uh, defined daily dose. So that really shows us that we have, um, if we try to, to um, yeah, catch, evidence what veterinarians are doing in the field, we have to take into account that there is some surrounding. In Germany, we have the German drug law, which seem to change the habits, seem to change the behavior of the, farm, of the veterinarians. And of course, this is very, very tricky to take this into account for a final decision. Okay, what's the end of the talk? Some final remarks. So. Uh, take-home messages. One is, of course, there is a decline uh, of the use of uh, antibiotics in the German pig production. Uh, this is uh, on, the, on the descriptive basis and on the basis of uh, statistical modeling as well. Um, the use daily dose 
calculation, which is an estimator, is mainly related to unknown body weights. And of course, we have to have more detailed knowledge in which phase of the uh, production chain which um, uh, um, drugs were used. But for some active components, bias calculations may appear, which maybe is influenced uh, by the German drug law. Um, this is a very, very first step. Of course, we have to stratify our, our analysis by indication, uh, by time of treatment. So what is the, the, the within the curse of the pig production chain, where, where was the time point of the, of the treatment, um, that we really could extend our knowledge for uh, the definition of evidence-based DDDs. And at the end, of course, we have discussed this with our practitioners. We do this in Germany, and there was a lot of interesting stories. For instance, the German drug law says, please give us data from Venus only. So there's an interesting effect. So in the morning, a pig is a piglet, and in the afternoon, it's a wiener. So decide to make only a morning documentation, which is easier. Everybody is fresh in mind. So there are some very, very tricky uh, aspect there. Uh, same is, for instance, there's a company, a drug uh, producing company in Spain, which has uh, uh, loss of production due to fire. Uh, so the, the, the company has uh, um, failure of production and therefore there was a change in use of penicillin. So that there are some of these things which have to be taken into account. So before I close my presentation, I have, of course, to acknowledge many colleagues who work, and especially I have to acknowledge Anne-Marie Kesbohrer from the Federal Office of Risk Assessment, which is a really fruitful discussion for this project, uh, all colleagues which help, and of course, the farmers and veterinarians. Here is the data or the references which I have used. Uh, the both EMA documents uh, and uh, publications from our group dealing with this topic, uh, with the exception, I guess everything is public, so uh, it could be used by open access. And with these pictures from the University in Hannover and uh, the beautiful city of Hannover, I have to thank you for the attention.